Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. And the title for today is Chariots of Fire Part 3. Part 3, The Final Test and Race, 2 Kings 2, 9-12. And we are finalizing too because we're finishing up Elijah today. And after Christmas, we're going into Elisha. I know some of you are sad about that, but we're, we have to move on. Sorry, Elijah, we have to move on. Uh, a lot of the final test and the final race, a lot of college students are returning. Some are even back right now, returning. Uh, or or, or the ones who aren't coming back are in the middle of exam week. And you remember when you're in college, the extreme tension of exam week? I mean, it was really about the worst time of my life, I remember. Mostly because I didn't keep up ahead of time. I had to cram. But anyway, we won't go there. But, but the exam week is just so stressful because you know why it's so stressful? You can always study more, right? You can always do more. You can always read another page. You can always try to memorize something else. You can always, whatever. There's always more that you can do. And that's what makes it so stressful. But we're going to see that Elijah gives Elisha his final exam today. This is Elisha's final exam that he's taking. And it's a tough one. I would say not many of us could pass this test that he is taking that we're going to see here. This is also Elijah's final too. It's a final for Elijah. It's the final lap of his very long race. All right? A long race. You think we've been preaching to do this for a long time? Well, imagine living this life that he's had to live. It's the the finals of a very long race. uh, I know some of the track runners out there. Cam, Cam runs track... What do you, you, he runs the half mile. You, you, you're, you're one of those fast guys. You didn't have to do what I did. I had to run the two mile, all right? And if you were fast, you ran the half mile like Cam. But if you're slower, you had to run the two mile, and you had to just get in really good shape. I hope you could wear everybody out. But And, and when I swam, it was the same thing. I, I swam the 500. It was always the longest races. God was preparing me to endure, obviously. So I uh, perseverance. But... What the thing is, when it was, whether it was the last lap of the track or whether it was the last lap of the pool, when you got to that, you were exhausted. Yeah, you were, you remember those who have done distance, so I'm talking about, you're exhausted, but at the same time, you have this burst of energy, this adrenaline, you know, especially if you're swimming and you hear the, the gun go off, it's your, the last lap, the gun lap, and, and it's, and whatever sport, you get this burst of energy because, you know, wrestling, last 30 seconds, the coach is telling, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, you got you to not t- take it down or you got to get your points, you get this burst of energy, and that's what we're going to see here with Elijah. We're finishing up Elijah today, and we're going to move on to Elisha after Christmas, but Elijah, this is his last lap. And this is his last job, his last spiritual step in his journey, which we're going to see here. Now, remember, Elijah is a type of Jesus Christ, and Elisha is a type of the apostles, the apostles. And by extension, that's us, the disciples, those those of us who follow Jesus Christ. And this final test and this final race, the the final lap of the race, I think is going to encourage us in our own spiritual tests testing times, and our own spiritual battles and races that we're running. Not that anybody here could relate to either one of those things, but you might know someone who can relate to testing times and and long, brutal races, right? And so this is going to really encourage us as we see what happens with Elijah and Elisha. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for the worship. 
We thank you for bringing each one of us here. I know that some of us probably feel like we're on our last, not just the last lap, but our last step, our last gasp. And yet, Lord, we're here for a reason. We know your Holy Spirit is going to encourage us through your word and give us a renewed hope at this Christmas time. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's pick it up now. Once again, this is part three, so if you missed the first couple, uh, make sure you go back and listen because it will all kind of flow together. But we're going to read 2 Kings 2, 1 through 12, and then focus on verses 9 to 12. But I'm going to read the whole passage here. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elijah, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. It must be hard to always have friends who are prophets. They always know bad things that are going to happen, right? Always reminding you of the bad things that are going to happen, right? So, okay, so. Verse 6, then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, now here we go, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken up from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. So we're going to focus on those last three verses, 9 through 12. Elijah has already tested Elisha three times. Remember we, the first two parts of this, Chariots of Fire, part one and part two. He tested him three times, and the real test was, are you going to really follow me? Are you going to really follow me till the end? And this is a picture of Jesus and the disciples, right? Are we really going to, were the apostles going to really follow him till the end? We talked about that last week, the cross, the fiasco, right? And us, the same with us. Now, it started with Bethel. He said, Follow me to Bethel. Don't follow me, but he follows him to Bethel, which was the house of God. And that first test was a picture of clinging to Jesus Christ for our salvation and for close communion. Remember we talked about that? Then we saw that Jericho, test number two, Jericho, will we follow Jesus Christ even when he leads us into a discouraging place, a place of spiritual battles? Will we follow him to those spiritual battles, the valleys of discouragement that we have to go through? Then we talked about the Jordans, test number three. Will we follow Jesus Christ even to the death? 
The spiritual death, which is to die to sin, to die to self, which is all a picture of, right? But even physical death. Will we follow Jesus Christ to the death? And this is the only way. If we're not willing to follow him to the death, we will not. Un- we, the only way we're going to understand and experience his resurrection power is by that death, that surrender, that complete death to self. That's the only way that we're going to experience his resurrection power, even dying for him. In Philippians 3, 10 and 11, it says this. Paul talking says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Who wants to know that? We all do. Raise your hand. It's okay. We all want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, right? Here it gets tricky. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. All the hands are going down, right? I raise hands going down. Wait a minute. Becoming like him in his death. It's getting hot in here, right? It's getting even harder. And so, now I'm going to start again. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. If we want to know the power of the resurrection, we have to be willing to die. We have to be willing to die. It's the only way. So, now after we set those three tests up, we come to the final exam. Elijah gives Elisha his fourth and final test. And this is really a ministry test. Ministry test, but also a life test. This is not typical of what you'll learn in seminary, though. It's a ministry test, but it's not what you would get at Bible school or in seminary. It's very, very different. Look at the test here. 2 Kings 2, verses 9 and 10. See if you can figure out what this test is. He says, when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. Test number four is, what can I do for you? What do you want from me before I leave? That's a test. And this test is really testing his character. It's really a test of his character. He's testing Elisha's motives. Just like Jesus tested the apostles many, many times, right? All those tests that Jesus gave the apostles, that all was set up by the picture here of Elijah testing Elisha. It reminds me of when God tested Solomon. Remember he tested Solomon? He said, Solomon, you can have one wish. What do you want? One wish. What do you want? He tested him. And what did Solomon pick? Wisdom, right? Wisdom, help me to give me wisdom so I can govern these, these people. And he picks wisdom. Elijah tests Elisha. Same thing. He's testing him. What is the one thing you want more than anything else? What is your one wish? Your one wish. Elisha's answer is, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. A double portion of your spirit. Now, most people, most people think he was asking to be twice as great as Elijah. To have twice as much power and prestige as Elijah. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you think that? That's what most people think. But if you look at what he's really asking and you study what the Bible is talking about, it's very, very different. That's not what he's asking at all here. He's not. He's referring to the inheritance law in the Old Testament. 
That's what he's talking about. In fact, I'm going to read you Deuteronomy 21, verse 17. In Deuteronomy 21, 17, talking about sons and inheritance and, and all, he says, He must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. That son is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. There's a teaching in God's word in the Old Testament that the firstborn son received double amount. Okay, that, that's what he's talking about. The, the firstborn son got a double portion compared to the rest of the brothers. And here is Elisha, and across the river is these 50 guys all staring. What's going to happen next, right? The 50 other prophets. And, and, and what he's really saying is he's not asking for double of what Elijah has. He's asking for the inheritance of the first son, the firstborn son. Not double of what, when the firstborn, the inheritance, you can't ask for double because with the inheritance, I'll give you an example. It's impossible. My dad has a farm and there's 230 acres and there's a house and barns and tractors that you've seen the videos. But anyway, uh, tractors and all this stuff. And so he has split up the, the farm, given us all a certain amount. And he gave us all basically 50 acres and my oh, my brother, who we all got to pick what we wanted, but my brother uh, wanted the 30 acres and the house and the barns. And they're old, so it's not that big a deal. But anyway, so it's a lot of work. That's what it is. But he wanted it. That's good, good. Now, but Billy, who got that, he if this was Old Testament times, he could have said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody should only get 40 acres, and I should get 40 acres and the house and the barns. You know, I, I should get double of everybody else. That's what he could have demanded in if this was Old Testament times. All right. But but he but he couldn't say to my dad, I want double, double what you have. My dad doesn't have 460 acres. Right. He would he can't say, give me double because my dad doesn't have that. And that's a picture here. When he comes to Elijah, he's not saying, give me double what you got. Well, Elijah doesn't have that to give. He can give him, though, the the firstborn's part, which is. The, the double inheritance compared to everybody else. That's what he's really asking. He, Elisha, I'm going to put this together now. Elisha is really asking to be considered Elijah's firstborn son. Spiritually. That's what he's really asking. Can I be your firstborn spiritual son? Can I carry on your legacy? Can I carry on your ministry? That's what he's actually talking about when he says, let me inherit the double portion. All right? And he, but... But this is not the kind of request that it might look like. He isn't asking for glory. It was a sacrificial request to be identified as the next Elijah. This is not a grab for glory and power. He was saying, I'll take your mantle. I'll become the next Elijah. And look, look what I'll be hated by the king. I'll be hunted by the queen. I'll be, I'll be mocked by the media. I will not know where my next meal is going to come from. You know, you know, you know, living with a widow who's starving to death, you know? And wait till we see the rest of the story. He gets all this stuff. He, this was not a grab for power. This was a sacrificial surrender of his life. It's not like he was asking to take over a big ministry. It wasn't like he was going to get the, a big church that meets in a stadium. You know, we won't go there. But anyway, it wasn't like that. No, the false pre, the false prophets, 
The false teachers had the big churches, just like USA Today, right? They had the big churches. They were the popular ones. The Baal temples were the popular place that everybody flocked to, just like today, right? Uh, flocked to. Elijah's ministry was a failure. Remember we talked about the successful failure? He was faithful to God. In the world's eyes, it was a failure. But in God's eyes, it was successful. He, he, he just had this small remnant church. Out of all the millions of people, he had 7,000 people left that still followed Jehovah. He was, a, he was a failure. And that's what Elisha was asking by inheriting his ministry. And But just like the type of Elijah and Elisha, it reminds us of Jesus and the apostles, doesn't it? It reminds us of Jesus and the apostles. Look what they got from Jesus Christ. Look what they got. Same deal. It's, a, it's the same picture. They got the same deal. Uh, they, 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 yes, they got lots of miracles. You read the book of Acts, whoa, look at all those miracles. Wow, who, who, who would like to do all these miracles, right? <laughs> but keep reading the rest of Acts. And the New Testament, and see what followed those miracles. They were hunted, they were whipped, they were stoned, and they were finally killed. Ten out of the eleven were killed. One they couldn't kill, they boiled them in oil, and John survived. It was a miracle. Are we willing to carry on the legacy of Jesus Christ? It's a question we have to ask because it could come here. Many around the world are already, worldwide are already carrying on the legacy of Jesus Christ. Carrying on the legacy of Elijah. And we may be called to carry on that same exact legacy in a very short time. It could happen very, very quickly. Elisha passed Elijah's tests. He passed it. He passed them all, but he passed this last one. His wish was granted. Look at 2 Kings 2, verses 11 and 12. His wish is granted as they are walking along and talking together. Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his clothes and tore them apart. We see that he saw the horses and chariots of fire. He saw what happened and, that, and his wish was granted then. His, his request was granted. He, he was given the double inheritance. He took on Elijah's ministry. As we're going to see, he went through a lot. He went through a lot as he took on his ministry. And he got even more. We're going to see he got even more as we look at this. Just like Solomon. Remember Solomon said, give me wisdom? And God was so pleased with his answer. What else did he give him? Everything, long life, riches, you know, gave him everything. He got everything, he got the, he got everything in the cherry on top, right? That's what he got. He got it all. He got the cherry on top. And, and that he does the same for Elisha as we will see as we go through Elisha the next year or two. But as we go through that, uh, he does the same thing. His ministry lasted twice as long as Elijah's and he performed twice as many miracles. Twice as many. Not because he inherited double power. No, no, no. He got the son's legacy, but God honored that and gave him twice as many. And, and this reminds us of Jesus Christ and the apostles, right? Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14? In John chapter 14, verse 12, starting with verse 12, listen to what Jesus says to them. He says, I, 
tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me and you will obey what I command and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So look what he says here. Jesus promised they would do even greater things than he did. And they did. And they did that. Because Jesus said, I'm going to be in heaven directing things. I'm going to be directing traffic. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to you. You see, there was only one Jesus when he was there. there was one Jesus. He could only be at one place at one time at that point. He took on human form. One Jesus. But now there's going to be 12 of them. And soon to be thousands of them filled with the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Indwelling them. And, and they're going to do amazing things. Just the same thing. Elijah, Eli, Elisha, the apostles. Same picture. And Elisha... And the disciples got it. They got it all. They got the inheritance. They got the, the spiritual power. They, they, they got it all. And, we, and the same thing happens with us. When we choose to, to give our life to Jesus Christ, when we choose to really follow him, when we choose to put what he wants first and give our life up for him, when we choose to do that too, and when we choose to be a child of Jesus Christ, this same thing happens to us too. We get it all. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, verse 28, he says this. In Mark 10, 28, Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. You give up your family, God gives you tons of family. Josh just left for the Philippines. He gave up his, his family here for a while, and he's like, Dad, I can't get away from people over there. I'm swarmed. <laughs> he's living at the crib, you know, the or or orphanage. Swarmed. He's like, I never have a spare second. He's got brothers and sisters everywhere. He can go into anybody's home at any time. He'd be welcome. And, and that's a picture. We, if we choose to become a child of God, if we follow him, we get it all. We get it all back. We get it all. It reminds me of, you know, the old commercials, you know, the infomercials. Well, I should say, oh, they're still on. You know, hey, if you buy this vacuum cleaner, this is a powerful vacuum cleaner. This can pick up ball bearings. Bowling balls and bald babies. They can pick it all up. And, and if you buy this vacuum cleaner, you also get these knives. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the chinsu knives, whatever they're called. These knives, they can cut through leather. They can cut through metal. They can cut through anything. They can, you know, and you, you know, cut a rock in half, you know. And they, and then, and not only the knives, but you also get, on top of that, if you, if you order right now, you get blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you got all these things coming, right? Kim always like shuts off the TV when that comes on. Cause you're not calling any of these things. Anyway, but that's the picture. If we follow Jesus, we get it all. 
but we also have, we have to sacrifice a lot, but we also get even more back again. Just like Elisha, he gave up the farm, he gave up, we're going to see that as we get into his life, gave up the, his farm and, and the oxen and all that stuff, and he got so much more. We, we get so much more, but look what it says, including persecutions. Elisha got that too, the apostles get that too, and we get that too. We get that too. Persecutions. But look at the payoff. The payoff is eternal life. Eternal life. Look what he says. Eternal life. Which is exactly what is pictured here with Elijah. Back to verse 11. Elijah, we got a picture. Well, then this is finishing up the whole life of Elijah here. The picture of him being taken up. Verse 11. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took care hold of his own robe, clothes, and tore them apart. The chariots of fire. This fire just appears in the chariots of fire. Bob and Barry, where they're back there. Bob and Barry sent me pictures. They had a big burn pile over at Bob's house, and Barry, his son, was there helping them. And they, oh, they showed me some great pictures, and I'm going to get the videos next. I can forward to them if you want to see them. But all of a sudden, here's this pile of, of brush and a lot of other things that I've taken over there. And, uh, and all of a sudden, whoosh, huge fire. You know, how high did it get? 20 feet, 30, what's that? 25 feet high, you know, way up there. And it's a good thing it wasn't nighttime or the fire department would have been there. Uh, I was just thinking that. But, uh, but it was a huge fire. Whoosh. And that's what happened. They're walking along and all of a sudden, whoosh, ignition. Remember the picture you sent me, ignition? Whoosh, the ignition. All of a sudden there's horses and chariots of fire. And it got so hot, they were, they were staying away from that fire. And I'm sure Elisha was the same way. Whoa, I'm not going near this guy. He's melting, right? You know, whoosh. And Elisha's going up in this, this, this fire. And that's a, a, a this is, him going up. Now, there's a couple pictures here having to do with eternal life. First of all, it's a prophetic picture of the ascension of Jesus Christ. Did everybody pick up on that when you're studying? I know some of you did. Picked up on that? Uh, right after Elijah miraculously passes through the Jordan, which is a picture of death and resurrection. Remember, we talked about that last week. As soon as he passes through that, he is taken up to heaven. What does that remind us of? Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross. He resurrects from the dead. And 40 days later, he ascends up into heaven in the presence of his apostles, just like Elijah went up in the presence of Elisha. It's all a prophetic picture. And just as Elijah left Elisha to carry on his work, Jesus left the apostles to carry on his work. It's a picture of the ascension and leaving the apostles to continue. It's all prophetic. But back to eternal life. Chariots of fire is also proof that there is a heaven and that we will go there someday if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Why is it proof? Where was he going? He wasn't going down. He was going up. He was going up to heaven. God was taking him up. And that is a proof to us, prophetic proof that someday we also will be taken up into God's presence the same way. After we, but we may be dead already, but the same way we're going to be taken up. It's a vivid picture here of us being taken up the same way. Jesus also confirmed it in Luke chapter 16. In Luke chapter 16, when Je verse 22, Jesus was teaching here and he says this. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The angels carried him at death. The, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ... 
The second you take your last breath, the angels come and carry us into God's presence. We don't go to Abraham's bosom anymore because Jesus has made the way right to heaven. We are carried right to God's presence at that very moment if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. This is, and the, the, and the Elijah being taken up in horses to chariots of fire is a vivid picture, proof of that. That's a proof for us that we will be taken up the same way. We also have one other picture here, and it's very important. We have a picture of the rapture here. Because some of us may not die. Just like Elijah did not die, some of us may not die. If we're here when Jesus Christ comes again, we will not die. The Bible teaches that in the end times there will be a terrible time of tribulation, a seven-year period of hell on earth. It's going to be horrible. But at some point... With the tribulation, we don't know whether it's going to be at the beginning of the tribulation, whether it's at the middle of the tribulation, whether it's the end of the tribulation. Some people claim they know, but they don't know. All right? It's not clear in the Bible. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But but we should be ready for pre, mid, or post-tribulation to be taken up. But at some point in that tribulation, I vote for pre. Obviously, I vote for that. All right? But but prepare for post because we don't know. We don't know. There's a lot of verses could go either way. Right? So, but the point is... We don't know, but Jesus is going to come and take the, the believers, the true believers who are still alive, up and out. They won't die, just like Elijah didn't die. We, we're, those of us who are still here in the midst of this tribulation, whatever, we're going to be taken up and out at that time. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Verse, uh, 15 verse 51 says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. It's a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in the flash, at the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Changed. Also, same thing that 1 Thessalonians teaches. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18, it says this, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. A prophetic picture with Elijah. Not only of Jesus' ascension, not only of us going up to heaven on our death, but it's a picture of the rapture. Those of us who are still alive when Jesus returns, and some of us here could be. Things are heating up, aren't they? We could see the tribulation kick in any time. It's not hard to imagine. Are we ready? Are we ready? Do you have your ticket to ride the chariot? Do you have your chariot ticket? Do you, are you, do you have that? If you have enough money today, you can actually get a ride on a rocket up into space. You can do it. There's, they're doing the commercial thing and people are trying to buy their way up. And, and they think someday those who have enough money will all be able to ride up into space. It'll be just like a commercial thing, people riding up and down to space. But no matter how high the rocket you pay to go on, it can never get far. It can't get to heaven. There's limitations. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. There is only one way. Through Jesus Christ's death for our sin, to pay for the wrong that we've done. He died on that cross. And then when we put our faith in Him, just as He rose from the dead, we are given a brand new life, eternal life, that starts the second that we put our faith in Him. That, uh, that brand new life starts that very moment. That's the only way. Is by through Jesus Christ. We must put our faith in His death. We must put our faith in His resurrection and follow Him through the Jordan. Death and judgment. Follow Him by a step of faith through the Jordan and it's all by faith. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes, that word is not just intellectual, it's a heart. It means to put your complete trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever done that? Do you have a ticket to ride? Do you have that? Maybe you have a ticket to heaven. Maybe you you know you're okay for the rapture. If it happens, you're going to have a ride with the rapture. But will, while we're waiting for that heaven, while we're waiting for the rapture, will we make this life count? Will we pass this final test? Because every one of us has asked the same question that Elijah asked Elisha. Every one of us has asked, what's your one wish? What is the most important thing to you? If you could have anything, if you could, whatever, if God, if, what do you want more than anything else? What's that one wish if God has asked you? He already has asked us. He asks us this question every day. Every day we have to answer this question. Did you know that? Every single day. Mark 8, 35 to 38, the last verse before we go to prayer. In Mark 8, 35, where he says to him, Jesus talking to the disciples and to us, when he says, I'm going to start with verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and the gospel will save it. Every day we are asked that same question, will we carry our cross? We, we must decide daily to carry our cross and to follow Jesus Christ and to make this life count for eternity. For eternity. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? Every one of us is in Elisha's shoes. And he's asking us the same question. What's the one thing you really want? Will we answer like Elisha? Will we say, God, I want to make my life count. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. No matter how much that puts me at odds with my culture, 
no matter how much the world hates me, I'm going to be faithful to you and follow you. I want my life to count. Wherever you lead me, however you lead me. Maybe here today you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never taken that, that, that step of faith. The first step. Maybe you realize today that you don't have a ticket. You don't have a reservation on that chariot. That if Jesus was to come this very second, you would be left behind. But that can change through a prayer of faith. A simple prayer of faith. If you're ready to take that step and follow Jesus through the Jordan. You can do that right now. Just say, Jesus, I, I'm going to follow you. I give my life to you. I put my faith in you. I believe you died for me. You came back from the dead for me. I walk away from my old life, the sin, the garbage. I repent of that. I'm going to follow you. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, even this very moment, you have just passed from death to life. You have just given a, been given a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Just like Elijah rode that chariot, you're in for the ride of your life. I want to encourage you to let somebody know today. Don't let this day end without telling somebody. If you want to tell me on the way out, you want to call, text, tell a family member, a friend, tell somebody today because we will be so excited and encourage you in your new life in Jesus. Father, I pray that as we come to this Christmas time and Christmas season, that every one of us would know, not just the baby Jesus in the manger, but we would know Jesus Christ who died for us and who's waiting to give us life and power. I pray that as we answer this question daily, Lord, that you would help each of us to refocus every day Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.